Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. and welcome back to the Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And this week's episode is sponsored by Adaptivar. So Adaptivar is changing the way law students prepare for the bar exam with licensed MBE questions from the National Conference of Bar Examiners, also known as the NCBE. In patented adaptive technology that adjusts to each individual user's studying needs. Adaptabar's algorithm quickly learns your strengths and weaknesses to present questions accordingly, and performance tracking allows you to view your progress over time in every subject and subtopic. The program even determines your optimal time for answering each question, so you know when you perform at your very best. For a limited time, Ladies Who Law School listeners can save $30 on the MBE simulator and prep program by using LWLS on westacademic.com at checkout. Looking for another podcast to listen to? Check out this one. Are you civically curious? Are you looking to get a bit more politically informed and don't know how? We might just have the answer. Okay, fine. We do. I'm Sammy. And I'm Maddie, and we're the co-hosts of Girl on the Gov, the podcast. Available on Airwaves every Wednesday, Girl on the Gov, the podcast is an extension of Girl on the Gov's mission to provide a platform for millennials and Gen Z to engage with the evolving political sphere in an approachable, digestible, and accessible way. The show provides an inside look at the ins and outs of government and politics as we know it today through engaging interviews with leaders in the field and segments that address the questions everyone wants to ask but never does. In this podcast, there's no question too stupid, no rock left unturned, and no mysterious jargon that isn't examined in depth. If there is a time to get informed on the political space, that time is now and it's never too late and we're here to make it millennial and Gen Z friendly. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, and find us just about anywhere you listen to pods. And find us on social media at Girl in the Gov the Podcast and at Girl in the Gov. And this week we have Catherine and Mary from the Mazahari Law Firm here in Oklahoma City. It is a fully female law firm and they are just amazing. They talk about fashion and being a woman in the law and starting your own practice and all the things. So let's get into it. Please help me welcome our guests. 
Catherine and Mary from Mazahari Law. How are you guys doing today? We're so happy to have you here with us. I'm doing well. I'm so glad we made it, weather permitting, like yes. I said. So Absolutely. We really appreciate you guys having us today. We're excited. Yes, we're so excited to dive in. So first off, with all of our guests, we like to know where'd you go to law school and what made you want to go to law school? Okay, so I went uh, to Oklahoma City University School of Law. Um, I was not the typical student that wanted to be a lawyer their whole life. I just kind of fell into it. Uh, A friend of mine was taking a practice LSAT, and I thought it was a fun idea to take it with her. I don't know. That's cute. I don't know. Yeah. Cute. I don't know. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know why it was that decision at the time. Let me tell you at 22, 23 years old. So I took it. Um, I was an international, uh, area studies major. So I was kind of considering what am I going to do with this major? I'd started my master's and I was just like, I don't see me going the professor track. And then I got my real estate license. And so I was just trying a lot of different things. And I I did decent on the LSAT and I thought, okay, well, we'll try this out. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm kind of like Catherine. I did not have a you know super conventional law school plan. Um, I was actually pre med my entire undergrad what? career. Yep, and I um, I've I've always thought being a lawyer would be so cool. And yeah. so growing up, I was like, that would be so cool for someone else. But <laughs> I'm going to be a doctor. And so I actually took the MCAT, started my applications, and I was like, this sounds awful. And so like Catherine, I was like, let me just take the LSAT for fun. For Um, for fun. This word fun used with LSAT (laughs) is so foreign. Anything law related. related. We think it can be fun. It can be fun. Definitely. Um, And so I just kind of felt like I was going to the right place. And I'm also a very um, politically involved person. And so this was around the time of the 2016 election. And so that really charged some of my emotions like, okay, how do I want to make a difference? Yeah, I think this is the, the path that I can take. And um, I ended up going to OU Law. Um, I'm a graduate of the class of 2020, and oh. I had the best experience there other than graduating mid-pandemic. Yeah, of course. I was going to say 2020 grad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, I had a fantastic experience. Um, tips that I would give for law students is yeah. please, please, please focus on your internships, you know, even if you do like 15 hours a week during the school year, make sure you get that experience in. If you're at some place that isn't challenging you, you were not preparing yourself to be an attorney. You need that experience and you need to be challenged in what you're doing. And you also need to learn, you know, how to ask questions, when to ask questions and what you should be learning on your own. Because a lot of the times, I would work someplace and um, they would want me to just ask a a ton of questions. And I didn't get the experience of getting to research and write and do everything that I should have been learning. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started out as an intern with Mazahari Law in 2019, actually. And I got the experience to not only learn when to ask the right questions, but also um, when I should be learning things on my own. So I would just say, you know, Find some place that challenges you and also lets you 
do whatever you need to do to learn for yourself, but you have someone that you can look to as a mentor and say, okay, am I doing this right? Because a lot of the time you may not be. Yeah. I want to unpack that a little more. You talk about, you know, internships are so important and experience in law school is so important. Do you think that that's because it helps you understand what you want to do or just because the experience is so necessary to be a practicing lawyer? Um, I think it's really both. So when I was an intern, I actually interned in multiple different areas of law, none of which is what I'm practicing right now. Um, And when I was interning in those areas, for example, I did probably about two years of internships in personal injury. Um, I don't practice personal injury now, even though I really enjoyed it while I was doing it. When I'm practicing now, I'm like, oh no, this is what I love. This is my calling. Um, But the other part of it is, is that if you don't get the necessary experience as an intern, when you have the opportunity to make those mistakes Mm -hmm. and have someone else review the mistakes you're making and teach you, you're going to be like a fish out of water when you first start practicing. You know, even though it's super scary when you first start practicing, it gives you a little bit more comfort that this is an area that I've done a little bit of work in, or I know where to start. For example, I know where to research. I know where to look to. I know who to talk to. Yeah. So uh, you know how to find a jumping off point. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And if you don't do that as, you know, as an intern, yeah. it's going to make it so hard as a starting attorney. Um, and something else I would say too, is if you're an intern and your firm gives you the opportunity to talk to clients, you should do that. Cause it's a little bit nerve wracking yeah. when you first start out as an attorney, but I had the opportunity to talk to clients all the time. And so it just made the transition a little bit easier too. I love those tips. What about you, Catherine? Well, I would just add to a few things that Mary said that she was a very eager intern. She came in and she said, you know, I want to work. And she had a particular thing that she really wanted to work in. She wanted to do immigration law. Mm -hmm. Okay. Little by little, she she still had the opportunity to do immigration law, but little by little, she started realizing that there were other areas of law that she learned and she liked. And when it comes down to it, for I think the people that join my firm, ultimately, it's about having kind of that heart or heart for social justice that calling to make a difference in someone's life. Being an advocate. And once I think she found her area where she felt like best, um, I don't know, most useful, I guess you could say, then she was like, okay, well, I'm I'm really liking what I'm doing. And, And she got in her groove. I would say what I would say would be the best advice for a law student is... Don't give in to the competition or that competitive pressure. Um, It happens almost immediately when you enter law school. Yes, it does. And you feel less than or, you know, you, you know, certain people are ranking a certain way and you're thinking, okay, my success is dependent upon how high I rank or what I'm doing, um, in the classroom, mm-hmm. I would argue that actually what you do in the classroom, it's good to learn. It's good to intake the information. Everybody takes it in differently. 
everybody has a different way of writing, but it's what you do with it once you get out of the classroom. And that's why the internships are important. Excuse me, important because you get a taste of the different areas and what all of this, you know, philosophy and all of these cases actually mean. Mm -hmm. What do they mean in the real world? Because we can read and read and I can memorize a case and I can know the holding and I can, (laughs) you know, talk about this case till, you know, the sun goes down. But when it comes down to it, how is this making an impact and helping out someone's life? And that to me is what is important about the law is that sometimes we get these cases and they're super strange. They are like your law school fact pattern, right? (laughs) And that's exciting to me because we can take the law and it's dynamic, and mm-hmm. we can say, okay, here's the precedent, but how can we push that? Or what can we see in this that we can make our argument from? Maybe this specific type of case has never been heard. Mm-hmm. Um, then how can we be the ones to essentially make that argument yeah. and you know, advocate for our clients in the right way, right? Absolutely. So, so I want to ask you specifically, Catherine. You know, you own your own law firm mm-hmm. and you run a team. So, tell us how long have you been practicing, and when did you first open up your practice? Okay, almost fifteen years. Nice. I've been a lawyer. Gosh, I opened up in two thousand nine. It's probably the end of two thousand eight, mm-hmm. actually. But I. I just kind of round it because I'm yeah. like, you know, I didn't start getting clients in yeah. and stuff until 2009. And just to kind of take a look at the time period, this was, um, I graduated in 2007. So that time period in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City, was very, um, it was a very successful time for Oklahoma City because if you think about that time period, it was like, growth of Chesapeake, Aubrey McClendon. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of people going into oil and gas and becoming yeah. landmen. Um, it was just a really a time of growth in Oklahoma City versus on the coasts. On yeah. the coasts, the totally economy right. was yep. hitting really hard. So it took a little while for that to trickle inward. Mm-hmm. And so when I started my practice here, it was actually a really good time to start. And then um, <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm dating myself a little bit, but I started out putting ads in the yellow pages. <laughs> and awesome. now it's kind of weird because nobody uses the yellow, yellow pages, pages right? Yeah. But um, that was the marketing at the time, and, and that's how I got my first calls is you wow. know, putting out an ad. At that time, I remember I had these glasses that were you know, kind of square or whatever. And like Sarah Palin was on TV. So it was like this very Sarah Palin look, <laughs> you know, the, the crossed arms and everything. I The total it, like lawyer on a billboard oh, kind of totally. like. Yeah. But it worked, you yeah. know. So it, it was really awkward at first yeah. to be a new lawyer and to put yourself out there. Absolutely. Um, but it, it was... Um, kind of the first ways in which I was stretching myself and what 
I could do, yeah. right? And so little by little, I mean, what if you're going to own your own business, you're going to have to learn all the things, yeah. the accounting, the marketing, the, you know, there's HR, you know, yeah. the business side mm-hmm. of things as well as, um, you know, the law yeah. that you have to actually practice. So it was interesting. Um, I had to take a lot of classes. I took a lot of classes at the Bar Association. Um in the beginning, I took so many, um, so many, I took in so many cases in, right? Yeah. So I did bankruptcy, I did uh, family law, I did just whatever I could take. I'm like, yeah, I can do it. I can learn it, right? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that was a time where, you know, I I could work, you know, long hours and I didn't have three kids yeah. and all of that time dedicated to to something else. So Absolutely. anyway, so yeah, the first three years were, you know, a lot of working and then reinvesting in the business. So do you think it was your first three years, would you say, and then after that it started to feel like, okay, we're, we're getting our feet underneath us, like we can do this kind of thing. You didn't, you know, when did you feel truly like... <laughs> How, did you hire someone immediately? Mm-hmm. Like, when did you hire someone? I hired I hired a law clerk mm-hmm. very soon. Yeah. Um, because I couldn't afford a legal assistant yet, right? So I was like, well, I'm a new law student. I know that new law students, like, I believe in their ability yeah. because they're not far off from what I could do, right? Yeah. So I interviewed a lot of people. That law clerk then... Um, came to work for me as an attorney. And so um, I kind of learned that model of, okay, you know, you hire your your interns to come in and then you can see what they can do and then you know that you can work together too. It worked with yeah. Mary, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm right here. <laughs> Proof in the pudding, right? No, that's awesome. I I know I aspire to potentially own my own practice one day, and I love that you are a group of women working to advocate for people. So, you know, what do you, you know, we talked about advice for law students. What do you have as advice for, you know, the the new lawyer about to start out in us, right? Like, we're about to finish our last semester and on the job hunt, maybe about, we already have jobs, but... You know, we're not quite there yet. What's your advice for the new lawyer? So I would say enjoy your time right now because studying for the bar is going to (laughs) um, occupy a whole lot of your time, right? And while you're doing it, you know, everybody talks about how you, you know, gain weight because you're studying so much and you get stressed out. Look, we all go through that. We all go through those kind of, um, you know, those practice MBEs or, you know, the things that you're like, oh, I'm not scoring high enough. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can find some form of exercise that can get you through, I mean, all I did was 20 minutes a day, I would go on the treadmill and that helped to kind of, you know, keep me sane (laughs) from just being inside and studying all the time. Yeah. But it that helped. And then what I'd say is use this time to start putting out, just putting out feelers, putting out your, 
your resume to different places, to different employers. The more places that you send it out to, the better shot you have. Yeah. And then a lot of these places are waiting to see if you pass the bar. Yeah. So I might even reach out to some people. I think some of the best things that people have done in the past is like meet me face to face and be like, look, I'm studying for the bar. I'd like to, you know, basically get to know you. Take advantage of this time and do some networking. There's so many things that I want to say right now, and I'm just like, (laughs) we're limited on time. But (laughs) the last thing I want to say is if you have a particular area, let's say you've already been hired. Okay. If there's a particular area of law that you know that you're going to go into, let's say it's personal injury, contact the Bar Association and you can take classes like very cheap right now before you're a lawyer. So it's like $25 or $50 to take a continuing ed class Mm -hmm. and learn your area ahead of time versus once you become a lawyer, you have to pay the full price, right? Mm. That's some really good advice right there. I love that. So let's talk about the whole reason we brought you guys here. Whenever I met you at the October Women in Law Oklahoma Bar event, you guys talked about the right to bear arms and what to wear in the courtroom in legal fashion, and you were both fashionistas. So we want to know, what are your tips? You know, we were talking about this before. I would love to wear like a beautiful red suit to court. Do is that appropriate? You know, and like there's so many questions I want to unpack, but first let's just start out with showing your arms. Yeah, can you just go into we talked a little bit before we started recording and she's like clarifying it for me. She's like yeah. there's a statue, like all this kind of stuff. So yeah, tell us. Tell us all about it. Yeah, go into it, Mary. <laughs> go off, girl. <laughs> um, this is an area that Catherine and I have talked a lot about. So different courts actually have different rules. Mm -hmm. So for example, Oklahoma County has specific rules that you can look up. It's their local rules. Tulsa County has some too, and it specifies what exactly you can wear. Mm -hmm. So for men, they give this nice long list. For women, it says professional attire. What, what, what is professional attire? How, how are we supposed to know what that is? So that's part of the reason why we wrote that article and then ended up doing, um, the woman in law event is because no one ever specifies. But what we could decide is judges do not like seeing your bare arms in their courtroom. Um, And specifically for Oklahoma County, almost every single judge will have rules posted outside their door that says their dress code. Mm. And almost every single one says suit jacket required. Um, So a lot of people learn the hard way. If you are not wearing a suit jacket in court, You'll get thrown out. Well, and that happened to me. So, I mean, that's like, oh, that happened to me. And it's embarrassing, right? Yeah. You come, you think you're stylish, and you're showing up, you know, with a sheath dress yeah. that your bare arms are showing. And you think, okay, well, I'm, you know, going to show off my my beautiful arms. <laughs> yeah, my, beautiful, my shoulder. Yeah. My beautiful guns that I've been, you know, trying to emulate Michelle Obama here. But no, unfortunately, um, you're going to get thrown out of the courtroom. You just need to have a jacket. I mean, in my office, we always just have one in our office. Yeah. 
just in case we have to go to the courthouse for some reason. And in different courtrooms, they're more conservative than others. Like, for example, in Tulsa County, they have a summer dress code. Mm. And so um, that's just one thing out of that was kind of born from this article. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we see a lot of public figures and a lot of lawyers that wear sneakers with mm-hmm. suits and things like that. And so every courtroom is, it's kind of a reminder that every courtroom is very different. Yeah. And, um, in our courthouse in particular has very specific and more conservative rules. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frida McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. Absolutely. And one thing I really want to touch on that Catherine and I had discussed is this is your uniform, you know? And even though it's a little bit different to think about it that way, like, why are they trying to tell us what to wear? This is your uniform. Like doctors wear scrubs, we wear suits. Yeah. And so if you're choosing not to abide by that, the specific judge's rules or the court's rules, it's kind of disrespectful to them because not only are you not following their specific local rule or their specific chamber rules, but um, it's disrespecting what's required of you. Now, we do definitely toe the line, I will say. (laughs) Catherine and I toe the line and not with the bare arms, but fashion-wise, I mean... We we love colorful suits, yeah. Um, and and we do rock the black suits and the navy suits, but we love color. Let's let's talk about the colored suit. I yeah. mean, when do you think it's okay to wear that? Is it an every time thing, or do you have a rule like only wear navy when you're in a jury trial or something? You know, what's your take on all the on colored suits? So look. Um, I obviously like colored suits. I'm wearing something like a colored suit today. Um, Look, I think it's just, on a lot of these things, it's preference. And as a new lawyer, I would be much more conservative. Mm -hmm. 
And once you've established yourself, you know, you'll know the rules, you'll feel comfortable with that particular judge. You've already kind of built a reputation of your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I never like to use, I never like to say never wear mm-hmm. a colored suit. Um, but I would say be cognizant of your client and their case. And yeah. so you really want, especially when you're in trial, this is about your client. This mm-hmm. is not about you. You want to look put together and professional and smart, but this is about your client. And so you want to make sure the intention is going to them and not to your loud red suit, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's such a good way to think of it. It, it varies on, your, like you said, your client, what the situation is, the circumstances. Like everything in law, it depends. No, of course. <laughs> never absolutely. say never, yeah. right? Absolutely. So what, you know, our audience is a huge audience of pre-law and young law students, mm-hmm. young meaning, you know, in the first years of law school. What do you tell them to be keeping their eye out for shopping wise as they build their wardrobe. We get that question all the time. Like, what should I have in my wardrobe? Like as a one L I'm not really doing anything, but maybe have an interview or two, you know, what are things that I need to make sure that I have? And obviously we discussed a suit, but where do you get that? And how do you, what should you look for as you're starting to buy? Absolutely. So what I really started out with because you know, like I said, I never expected to go to law school. So I don't even think I had owned a blazer before in my mm-hmm. life before I started out, <laughs> yeah. which was a big shock because they have that whole ceremony when you start law school, mm-hmm. like three days in. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get a suit now. Like, yeah. where do I get this? Um, so one of my best friends has been Dillard's and yeah. Dillard's can be a little bit more expensive, but they have a really good collection of like um, different designers who do suits and they always go on sale. I mean, like shop Dillard's, yeah. shop it frequently and keep an eye out because one day the suit that you're eyeing, there's, I mean, there's an emerald green suit I'm eyeing right now. I'm waiting for that to go on sale. <laughs> yeah. You know, one day it's going to go on sale. Yeah. Um, and the thing with Dillard's is to, they have a lot of different brands Yeah. and you know, none of us are the same sizes, mm-hmm. shapes, whatever. So play with different brands. Cause you know, I have found, um, there's a couple brands that work with me really well. And there's a couple that I'm just like, this is not the size you're telling me it yeah. is, you know, and, or I've gained weight and I refuse to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's kind of what I found. Um, and you know, especially for law students too, um, don't be afraid to go look at like H and M or you know some fast fashion places mm-hmm. because I know you guys can't afford like the really expensive suits right yeah. now. Um, so just you know make sure you have the standard uh, black suit. Like okay. hands down, you need a black suit, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe like a blazer of a different pattern. And then for ladies, if you're comfortable with it, I would suggest you know a knee length dress. That way you can pair like a blazer with it. Um, and for me personally, what I do a lot of the times is I'll get blouses to wear with my suits that I wouldn't mind wearing every day. You know, like outside of the courtroom mm-hmm. or outside of work. So that way, it's not like I have to have two separate you know, wardrobes. It's Mm -hmm. like stuff that, oh, this is something I would wear, but it's also appropriate enough to put on a blazer and, you know, run to the courthouse or meet with a client. So my advice, okay, so the advice that I got years ago was 
that every person that, well, every female that is doing an interview should be wearing like a navy blue suit, okay? Navy blue suit, pearls, and that it should be like a uh, like a sheath dress or something underneath, yeah. okay? Um, now I think it, things have changed. Things are a little bit more casual and yeah. not as conservative. Um, I don't think that it, I don't think you're going to get penalized in an interview for dressing conservative. Um, but when I interview people, I certainly look at how well they've put themselves together, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that they need to be, you know, 100% fashionista or whatever, <laughs> yeah. right? But you do need to look put together, right? You are making your first impression. You're showing me that um, you're taking this interview seriously. Yeah. I've had people come to interviews with wrinkled clothing or, you know, their hair was all over the place. And that is your first impression, you know? Yeah. That's the first impression you're giving me. And if you're giving me that first impression, like this was a last minute thing that you were unprepared for or that um, you're okay being being sloppy, yeah, yeah. right? Then that's what I'm going to take from this because I don't know you, right? Exactly. So um, I guess back to your question about <laughs> what... Uh, I can be long-winded. Back to your You're question. Fine. Have black, navy, or charcoal suit. Okay. I mean, whether it's pantsuit, because now pantsuit is just widely acceptable. Um, just have something that is, you know maybe a little bit more subdued color, and then um, just look put together. I mean, pantyhose, optional at this point. When I was younger, pantyhose were a little bit more of a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... I'm feeling old all of a sudden. I'm aging myself. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, we get that question too about pantyhose. Like, do I need to wear them with my Yeah, they'll hear rumors, suit. you know. Yeah. Like, oh, judge, you know, says I have to wear pantyhose. Or someone at my school said we had to wear them. And, you know, I think it's definitely debatable. But it's generational too, yeah, you know. It's, it's, and it really depends on your judge. I mean, I yeah. don't want to say Never. don't do it yeah. because yeah. there are some judges that, look, they had to do it, so they want you yeah. to do it. Yeah. Right? And when you're in the courtroom, you play by the judge's rules, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what else? You know, we talked about law school. We talked about fashion. You know, you have a great group over there at the firm. You guys, definitely from outside looking in, like you have such a good, you know, bond. And like you said, you have learned to grow the intern into the associate you know, what kind of advice do you have for anyone who wants to start a firm and wants to build a good culture and community of women? That's a good question. That's something I had to learn, and I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, I'd say one of the things that I had to learn early on mm -hmm. was that you need to figure out what your values are and then... Um, make your business around your values, not try to be this old-fashioned notion of what a lawyer is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So 
what am I saying? I'm saying that um, in the past I would say, okay, well, this is what I think the good old boys would do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do... I'm going to have all these old books in the background, <laughs> and I'm going to have wood paneling, and I'm going to yeah. have what you what you would think is your typical, you know, um, view of what a lawyer should be, mm-hmm. should look like, yeah. right? As I kind of grew into myself and felt comfortable as a lawyer, and also really just felt comfortable in you know, the vibe I was putting out there. Yeah. I said, um, now we're a modern law firm. We're not going to, um, I'm not going to try to be something that I'm not. I'm going to be very authentic. And then in being that way, I'm going to attract the people that want to be a part of this same movement, right? Yes, yes, yes. And so I think that the people that work at our firm, they get it. They mm-hmm. want to be a part of it because we all believe in the same values. Mm-hmm. We want to help people. And and because of that, we have a lot of fun, too. In fact, this week is Fashion Week. <laughs> yes. Oh, tell yeah. us about that. Oh, we need to talk about Fashion Week. <laughs> yeah. What, do you have outfits planned? Like, what's the week? How does it work? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So we're <laughs> always coming up with, like, morale-building things. Love it. Firm, I love right? it. So this week... Uh, it's because it's New York Fashion Week is mm-hmm. coming, right? Yes. And so we decided that we were just going to do an optional thing. So each day we're going to wear something, whether it's like black and white or... Um, Feathers and fringe. Oh, there oh, you go. Oh, something something like yeah. that, right? So every day. Of course, this is like, you know, optional and client... Client permitting, right? Because it's like we're not showing up in feathers when we're going to see our clients. I yeah. mean, I think they they deserve that, you know, respect of having, you know, an attorney show up in a suit. But it's just having these fun things that we do as a group that really kind of keep the morale up, you know. Yeah. And so... Um, Keep it fun. Keep it interesting. Absolutely. Right. right. I feel like if everyone is getting along, you know... Yeah. The vibe just, it's just better. Yeah. And like we were joking about earlier, you know, using the word fun with Elsa or fun with anything law, it just feels so contradictory, right? Oh, totally. But, so when you do those activities and you boost morale and you get to just laugh and dress up, right? Mm-hmm. That's something that you enjoy. I think it totally helps make being a lawyer 10 times more fun, right? Oh, I I think we have fun. I think we have fun no matter what. I mean, you can ask Catherine the amount of times I will barge into her office and be like, oh my God, I'm working on this right now and it's so exciting and I'm going to do all this research or like I'll get a motion and I'll be like, wrong, 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 wrong. I'm yes. going to destroy you. You know, yes. like the amount of times I do something like that. I like, I genuinely think practicing law is a lot of fun, um, especially That's because... That's what I like to I hear, love, then. Um, <laughs> it, it, it really is, and I love the area of law I do, but we also spice things up a bit. Like, <laughs> with our fashion week, we do a, an annual pumpkin decorating contest. I'm the two-year reigning champ, by the way. <laughs> I love that. Um, what else? We're, <laughs> we're decorating doors for Valentine's Day. Oh, my gosh, yeah. No, Mary is, is the queen of coming up with things, and, I, and I'm just like... Okay. Sure. Like, if, if this keeps up billable hours, we're, we're good. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, exactly. 
Awesome, guys. Well, do you have any last final tips or tricks that you want to share with our audience? I think I have one, and okay. it's from the great Catherine Mazahari, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's some of the best advice I've ever gotten. And so I said before, I've been at her law firm since 2019. I started off as an intern. And when I first started practicing law, it was like a really big, like, oh, my God, like, yeah. what's going on moment? She told me, she said, replace the word stressed with excited. So instead I like it. Oh, it's it's brilliant advice because she's right. Instead of saying like I'm so stressed for this hearing tomorrow, I'm so excited for this hearing tomorrow. It's like it's all about your mentality. It's all about your mentality. And I'm telling you, it works. Like some of the best advice I've ever gotten. Well, I mean, a lot of this is about having kind of a shift in mindset when you confront a challenge, you have to look at it as an opportunity. And that will help you on, you know, managing that stress. Yeah. And as you know, there's a lot of times where I've felt it too, right? Like, you know, your palms are sweaty. You're like, okay, <laughs> am I going to win this motion? Like, yeah. what, you know, it means so much to me. It means so much to my client. And then in the end, if you just realize that those same feelings of like anxiety are also those same feelings when you get excited about Mm -hmm. something. And so just kind of switch your mindset a little bit. Yeah. I had forgotten I said that, but you're brilliant. Good advice. Don't forget it. I mean, it's even kind of going back to when I said it, like, it's not fun. And you guys are like, well, we have fun. It's It's like you change your mindset. It's so true. And we are in our final semester and we are getting ready to take the bar and I'm going to practice that I am excited to take the bar because insert because I'm stressed right like, you know? so just having that mindset and just being positive I think that's so right. important in definitely being in this profession yeah absolutely well thank you so much for coming and chatting with us today of guys course. thanks for Please having us yeah. thank for anytime us. you want us to come back just let us know we're here so if anyone wants to learn more about you guys where can they find you um, MazaharyLawFirm.com, um, M-A-Z-A-H-E-R-I-L-A-W.com. One thing we didn't mention is that there's a fashion blog, which is MazModern.com. And um, we have our own Instagram page where we put up, you know, inspirational quotes or um, just little different fashion looks. Um, and we have pictures from our fashion show there. And and then also where to get those clothes. And then, um, yeah, I think that's about it, right? Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, my gosh. I'm just so happy that we were able to get Catherine and Mary on the podcast and chat with them more. And I was so excited to bring them on to the podcast because at the October Women in Law event here in Oklahoma, I watched their performance and their fashion show and it was so fun. And I knew that so many of you guys have asked us about fashion and what to wear in the courtroom. And I thought, you know what, this is a perfect 
group and a perfect set of ladies to share what they learned and their writing. And uh, of course, the article will be linked below, but it was just so great to chat with them. And it's always nice to meet, you know, fellow attorneys in the Oklahoma City area. So also, if you're in the Oklahoma City area and you want to chat with us, make sure to DM us on Instagram, obviously. Our Instagram is Ladies Who Law School Podcast. We also have a Facebook and a Facebook group that has literally gotten so big. I don't know, like, what the cap is on Facebook groups, Um But yeah, just remember, if you want to join, answer the rules, because if you don't agree to the rules, we cannot accept you. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, we will talk to you again next week and stay safe and healthy. And yeah, bye. Bye.